Welcome to The Commentaries, a podcast series from TAN in which you'll learn how to read and understand history's greatest Catholic works from today's greatest Catholic scholars. In every series of The Commentaries, your expert host will be your personal guide to not just read the book, but to live the book, shining the light of its eternal truths into our modern darkness. Visit TANCommentaries.com to get your copy of the book and to subscribe for access to all the great reading plans, new episodes, bonus content, and exclusive deals for listeners of The Commentaries. Welcome back. This is day 16 of the Commentaries series on the Interior Castle by St. Teresa of Avila. I'm Father Timothy Reed, and I'm a secular Carmelite and the spiritual assistant to the community of secular Carmelites in Charlotte, North Carolina. Last time, we studied St. Teresa's thoughts on intellectual and imaginary visions. And today, we're going to look at the final two chapters of the mysterious and magnificent Sixth Mansions. Now, one of the recurrent themes of the Sixth Mansions is spiritual warfare. St. Teresa repeatedly speaks of how the devil and his minions try to influence souls who have advanced this far. Being a liar and master manipulator, the devil will often seek to counterfeit authentic spiritual phenomena in order to mislead us, disturb us, or, or cause us to be proud. At the same time, Teresa also tells us that God grants us the extraordinary phenomena of the six mansions in order to aid a soul when it is afflicted or about to receive a heavy cross. And yet sometimes God gives us these gifts simply for the mutual delight of himself and his beloved. And so our saint is at pains here to explain these supernatural favors so that one may understand their characteristics and the effects they produce. And in this, Teresa wants to help us in our battles against the evil one so that we won't be deceived by him. It's very clear that Teresa knows that the devil is alive and well, and that he is out there working against our souls. And so if we're ever tempted to think that the devil doesn't exist, then perhaps we should have a chat with St. Teresa. Now this brings us to chapter 10. So in addition to the visions and locutions and raptures we've already studied, there are a couple of other graces that God gives to those in the six mansions, graces that the devil cannot imitate. Now in paragraph 2 of the 10th chapter, St. Teresa describes this first grace. She writes, God is sometimes pleased while a person is engaged in prayer and in perfect possession of her senses to suspend them and to discover sublime mysteries to her which she appears to see within God himself. This is no vision of the most sacred humanity, nor can I rightly say the soul sees, for it sees nothing. This is no imaginary vision, but a highly intellectual one wherein is manifested how all things are beheld in God and how he contains them within himself. It is of great value, for although passing in an instant, it remains deeply engraved in the memory, producing a feeling of great shame in the mind which perceives more clearly the malice of offenses against God, since these most heinous sins are committed within his very being, 
since we dwell within him. From here, Teresa gives us an analogy of God being like a magnificent palace that we all live in. But we do not leave the palace to commit sin. Rather, all sins that we commit are committed within the palace, that is, within God himself. And sadly, most people do not realize how terribly we offend God by our sinfulness. And so St. Teresa rebukes us a bit here, acknowledging that the greatest outrages are offered to God within his very self. And yet we have the temerity to resent a hard word said in our absence and perhaps with no evil intention. In fact, Teresa says we should be grateful that God is so merciful not to destroy us and that he continues to love us despite our sinfulness. And so in turn, we should learn to bear all injuries and insults patiently. Indeed, she states, Oh, let us not think we are doing great things if we suffer injuries patiently. Rather, let us bear them with alacrity. Let us love our enemies, since this great God has not ceased to love us, in spite of our many sins. <laughs> Once again, St. Teresa proves that while she was one of the greatest mystics the Church has ever known, she's also one of the most down-to-earth people you could ever meet. And that's reflected in this great advice that she gives. A second favor she details in this mansion is that God sometimes reveals himself to the soul as truth itself. And here, St. Teresa dwells just very briefly on Pilate's famous question, what is truth? Unable to explain this phenomenon, Teresa encourages her readers to walk in conformity with truth, which is more than just being honest, but consists in living a life of humility, desiring not to be considered better than we are, and attributing to God all that belongs to Him and to ourselves what properly belongs to us, most especially our sins. She says that God loves humility because God is the supreme truth, and humility is the truth. For it is the most true that we have nothing good of ourselves but only misery and nothingness. St. Teresa ends this short chapter by noting that these two favors are given to a soul because she is now indeed God's bride, resolute to do his will in all things. Therefore, he wishes to give her some idea how to accomplish it and to manifest to her some of his divine attributes. The 11th and final chapter of the Sixth Mansions deals with the soul's great desires. Uh, returning very briefly to her analogy of the butterfly, St. Teresa begins speaking of the strong desires the Lord gives to the soul before it passes into the seventh mansions. Now, St. Teresa was always a woman of great desires. In fact, she wrote in her autobiography, I am imperfection incarnate except in desires. Now, at the threshold of the seventh mansions of the interior castle, St. Teresa writes about desires that arise from the deepest regions of her soul. And these are neither rational cravings nor mere human longings, 
You see, the more a soul receives from God and consequently comes to know and love Him, the more the soul suffers in seeing itself so distant from Him and unable to enjoy Him completely as it will in heaven. Souls in this stage have a longing for God that is painful and continues to grow as they progress through the six mansions, and their longing may culminate in a strange phenomena in which it fills a sharp, sudden wound, as if pierced with an arrow. In paragraph 2, St. Teresa writes, While the soul is thus inflamed with love, it often happens that, from a passing thought or spoken word of how death delays its coming, the heart receives, it knows not how or whence, a blow, as from a fiery dart. I do not say that this actually is a dart, but whatever it may be, decidedly, it does not come from any part of our being. Neither is it really a blow, though I call it one. But it wounds us severely. Not, I think, in that part of our nature subject to physical pain, but in the very depths and center of the soul, where this thunderbolt, in its rapid course, reduces all the earthly part of our nature to powder. At the time, we cannot even remember our own existence, for in an instant, the faculties of the soul are so fettered as to be incapable of any action except the power they retain of increasing our torture. She says that this experience puts the faculties and senses in a trance, but it conveys an even greater knowledge of God and of the soul's distance from God. Now, Teresa spoke of the experience of another spiritual piercing by a dart in chapter 2 of the Six Mansions, what we usually refer to as the transverberation, which has been the subject for many artists, most notably Bernini's famous sculpture in the Church of Santa Maria della Vittorio in Rome. But here again, she is speaking of a phenomenon that is so incredibly painful, and yet that the soul gladly accepts and bears for God's glory. But at this point, there doesn't seem to be the same ecstatic delight mentioned as the phenomenon in chapter 2, although the soul still doesn't want to be free of the pain. Indeed, it sees the pain as something precious. Now, although there is physical pain, the spiritual pain is a much worse suffering. And Teresa likens this spiritual pain to that of purgatory, where the souls suffer for feeling far from God. Now, the soul's torment comes from being suspended between earthly things, which hold no allure for it, and God, whom it loves so intensely, but who is yet unattainable. And yet, despite the intensity of the pain, St. Teresa says, it is as nothing compared to the great benefits it produces for the soul. Moreover, this suffering prepares the soul for entering into the seventh mansions. Teresa believes that God desires this suffering for us so that we can understand more deeply his love and mercy for us and the debt we owe him. St. Teresa says, that it seems the person experiencing this is dying from her desire for death. 
and that it seems that the soul is barely able to keep from separating from the body. Only God can strengthen the soul to live as long as he wills it to live. And Teresa even says that there is an actual danger of death from both the pain and the great delight and joy. And so great courage is absolutely necessary here. But there are benefits from this pain, and the lasting benefits of this pain are no fear of trials, greater contempt for the world, greater detachment from creatures, and greater fear of offending God. Now, with these chapters we've discussed today, we have made our way to the end of the six mansions and are ready to move forward to the seventh and final mansions. In these last two chapters, we've seen that the final phases of spiritual betrothal require being brought into a much deeper understanding of God as truth, as well as a wounding like that of a fiery arrow. To be fully joined with God as much as is possible in this life, there can be no falsehood within us. We must be true as God is truth. Any falsehoods we hold on to or live by will only separate us from God. But as the soul moves through the six mansions, there is an increasing desire for God that causes an increasing pain and longing because it's not fully joined to God yet. And the soul desires only God and suffers for being so distant from Him. And so the soul waits upon the Lord and out of love for Him is willing to suffer whatever is necessary for His glory and for ultimate union with Him. Truly, as Teresa has told us, great sufferings do indeed accompany the great favors of the six mansions, but they're worth it. That concludes our discussion today. Next time, we'll begin our discussion of the seventh mansions. Until then, let us pray together St. Teresa's prayer. Let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are passing away. God never changes. Patience obtains all things. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Amen. May God bless you and may St. Teresa intercede for you. This has been an episode of The Commentaries, a podcast brought to you by TAN. To follow the show, study more of the greatest Catholic classics, and to support the commentaries and other great free content from TAN, visit TANCommentaries.com to subscribe and use coupon code COM25 to get 25% off your next order, including the Soul of the Apostolate and countless more spiritual works to deepen your interior life and guide you to heaven.